I would feel more optimistic about a bright future for man if he spent less time pro- proving he can outwit nature and more time tasting her sweetness and respecting her seniority. From E.B. White, good morning, everyone. I'm Rob McCall. This is the Awanajo Almanac, a collection of natural and unnatural events, rank opinion, and wild speculation devoted to feeling at home in nature, breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. And this is the Almanac for the last quarter of the pink moon, April 30th to May 7th, 2010. Um, Here are some natural events for uh, this quarter moon. Spring continues to march double time across the Down East landscape. The shad bush, also known as serviceberry, high bush blueberry, juneberry, and even Saskatoon berry, is in bloom along the roadsides. So named because it bloomed while the shad were running, as they do no more, the shad bush is a shrub or a small tree with a smooth gray bark and five thin white petals against a coppery background. Its late summer berries look a lot like blueberries, but they're a little bit less flavorful, though they're just as good for you. In former times, they were pounded into pemmican with dried deer meat. In the fields, bluets, blue violets, and white dogtooth violets are in bloom, and dandelions are coming on in town. Along the roadsides, the yellow colt's foot One of our earliest flowers is going by with thick white seed heads, much like the dandelion. And beside them, the primitive green stalks of the horsetail rush, also known as pot rush, for its gritty silicates useful for scrubbing pots. And in the orchards, the early apples are showing some pink in their buds. Here's a mountain report. The blueberry barrens above the Wardwell pasture were bronze under an empty blue sky as I hiked up the west shoulder of Awanajo this past week. White buds and a few tiny bell-shaped flowers dotted the low glossy bushes and bumblebees nuzzled and bumbled around near the ground. A hermit thrush played its flute from the woods while the sparkling bay stretched off to the islands in the open ocean. Then suddenly a great dark shadow ran along the ground, and I raised my eyes to see a silent osprey soaring from east to west on still wings. Memory turned to ospreys diving at me as I paddled too near their huge stick-built nest in Connery Cove or perching silent and ghostly on gray snags at Red Cove on Cobbs Cook Bay. Like their slightly larger cousins, the bald eagles, ospreys were once few due to the ravages of DDT, but now they inhabit every continent but Antarctica, circling and chirping over the waters, then folding their wings and dropping like a stone into the waves to rise with a quivering fish in their talons. One time from our back door, I looked up and saw an eagle attack an osprey in flight, which dropped its catch to be caught in midair by the eagle. 
Once ospreys lined the banks of brooks and streams, filling their bellies with millions of alewives migrating upstream as they do no more. You know, there's something about a huge flesh-eating bird flying overhead that chills the blood and fills the soul with awe and wonder, as with the mythical rock, the griffin, the thunderbird, or the great speckled bird of the Bible, the mighty Nimrod below suddenly becomes the startled quarry of a feathered demigod. Is this great speckled bird the angel of death or the winged judgment of earth on our thoughtless polluting of the waters and our heedless destroying of habitat? Does it smell the horrid oil slick in the far-off Gulf of Mexico, threatening hundreds of miles of coast with destruction? Does it know who has relentlessly and greedily ruined our salmon rivers and pillage the Gulf of Maine by overfishing? Does it see our guilt with its keen eyes and long to seize our offending bodies with cruel talons and tear our flesh from bone with hammering hooked beak in righteous indignation? No, the osprey wants no vengeance, no violence, no victory. It wants only to tend its nest and feed itself and its young. It wants only to soar on silent wings, to live by the water, and to die that its young may live. That's enough for the osprey and for every other creature. Why is it not enough for us? Finally, a couple of seed pods for you to carry around with you this week. The first from Albert Clark. In our daily lives, we must see that it is not happiness that makes us grateful, but the gratefulness that makes us happy. And from a Vietnamese proverb, when eating fruit, think of the person that planted the tree. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself.